The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University Security and Protection Science. My name is Basil German. I'm a professor of international security at uh, Lancaster. My main field of expertise is sea power, maritime security, naval affairs. I would say, more broadly speaking, the interactions between the sea and people, societies, states, but with a particular interest in defense and security. I started a PhD in the noughties dealing with the adaptation of naval forces in Europe to the changing security landscape following the fall of the Berlin Wall, the adaptation to the post-Cold War era, as we called it uh, at the time. Obviously, now in 2022, when we reflect uh, on on that, uh, we understand how time has gone uh, by so so, so quickly. But at the time, it was uh, a very novel topic uh, nobody was talking about uh, naval forces and uh, and maritime power. L- let's focus on, on, on naval conflicts and the role of naval forces, but more about uh, the importance of the sea for power, stability of the current international order. The maritime dimension of security, it's a fascinating topic, but very often neglected by practitioners and by academics. Less by academics today. It, it was definitely the case in the noughties, now a, a, a bit less. But uh, practitioners, for, for, for them, it, it's very difficult to uh, to grasp uh, the importance of the sea, not just for security, it's the same for other policy uh, areas. There's a concept for that, it's sea blindness. This concept uh, accounts for the fact that public opinion, policymakers, and to a certain extent academics are not uh, aware enough of the uh, the importance uh, of the sea because it's considered as another space elsewhere, not where things uh, happen. So my research tries to contribute to the, the understanding of, of, of the sea. The Cyber Briefing written extensively. I know you've, you're in demand at the moment to comment on what's happening in the world just, just presently. So it seems that back in, in the noughties when you were researching, little did we know that the sea would become such an important part of, of life, the economy of the world, the environment and the defence, the defensive realm as well. What kind of thoughts and feelings have you had which you've now written about and, and presented on extensively? Nigel, you're right. When you think about the sea in the current context, geopolitical tensions, you think about defence and I, I expect a lot more people to, to think about the sea in relation to defense and security uh, nowadays. There are many dimensions uh, highlighted by the current conflict. Uh, it, it starts with Ukraine managing to, in a sense, do very well uh, at sea, given the fact that the Ukrainian Navy is uh, not operational. They found they, they were very innovative and uh, and proactive, and they managed to, 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 to in a sense, prevent Russia for, from having control of the northwestern uh, Black Sea. They, they sunk the, the Moskva and then uh, retook uh, Snake Island, and, and, and then becoming even more proactive and more uh, innovative. 
uh, and they they started to harass naval aviation in Crimea with drones, using maritime drones against the the fleet in Sevastopol. It, it, it's it, it's really incredible the the way Ukraine has managed to to in a sense overcome their limitation uh, at sea. And why is it important? Because at the beginning of the war, uh, Russia could have uh, with the control of the northwestern Black Sea, they they, they could have launched uh, an amphibious assault on Odessa, creating a new front and. And um, some, something else they, they, they could do, and, and that's perhaps one of the main victory, or if you can call that a victory, of Russia in the Black Sea. It's the, the fact that uh, by denying access to Ukraine ports, they could de facto blockade uh, Ukraine. So they, 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 they had this possibility to blackmail the international community. And then there's been the grain deal, but they managed to, to, to use that. And that's why it's a rather a diplomatic victory rather than anything operational. They managed to, to turn that against the West, telling the, the global South that it's the West fault that it has taken so much time to get the grain deal, whereas it was uh, purely Putin's fault. So, 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 so it shows the second dimension of the maritime dimension of the war. It's the importance of the global supply chain chain. And that's also something uh, a lot of people do not realize how dependent we are uh, on the sea for uh, transportation, export, imports. Look at Russia. They are dependent on the global supply chain and they do not control the global supply chain. So, for example, all the major shipping companies bar the Chinese ones, they have stopped operation to and from Russia. So that contributes to the sanctions which are targeted at the uh, military industrial base of, of, of Russia because the aim of the sanction is to make sure in 10 years time Russia will not be in a position to to, 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 to do worse. So the global supply chain and uh, who controls them, it's, uh, it, it's really uh, crucial. It has a cost, uh, the, the shipping companies, and they lost money, uh, European ports uh, uh, as well, but it's the contribution of various maritime nations and actors, corporate actors, to the objective of those who oppose this, um, this war. There's also the security of undersea cables, which is becoming very, uh, very prominent. Uh, our societies are so dependent on undersea cables for uh, not just energy security, such as pipelines, but also communication. It's a mistake to think that everything linked to internet and telephone is done via satellites. Uh, the majority of the flows are uh, via undersea cables. So our communication infrastructure is very much dependent on them. So the security of those cables is going to be to be to be crucial in, in the coming decades. So there's a lot around that at the moment. The the undersea infrastructure is not as safe as people imagined before. Again, it's linked to what I would call sea blindness. This wrong interpretation of the, the sea as some sort of a void through which we can transit, transport, communicate, move things, a space which is outside the realm of the nation states. And um, and, and, and that's really creating misunderstanding. And the, those cables, they have been mapped including by by the disruptors and uh, really anything can uh, can happen
The Cyber Briefing. The Arctic is a, is a very good example of the growing importance of the sea and everything maritime for, for, for security. And it's very much linked to climate change, which is the big uh, threat we all face and we are going to face in, in the coming decades. Now, there is obviously the threat posed by the agents of authoritarianism, and it's the direct threat because it's also a military threat and it looks to be very short term. But we always have to keep climate change in mind as a threat multiplier and uh, as, as probably the, the major uh, threat uh, beyond the, the current geopolitical situation. So in the Arctic, climate change has uh, changed the economic and security landscape beyond recognition with uh, the melting of the polar ice cap. Now there's so many opportunities uh, that were uh, just uh, some sort of uh, dreams uh, so, so, some decades ago. The new uh, lanes of communication for transportation that can cut cost and time compared to the Suez-Malacca route. Um, but there's also opportunities for uh, more fishing and exploitation of undersea uh, resources. Um, and um, that's actually creating more environmental problems. So for the past decade or so, uh, states have realized we need more cooperation in the Arctic to protect the environment. And the opposite is happening now. Russia, uh, the cooperation with Russia has stopped. So uh, scientists are complaining that they do not receive enough climate change data to, 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 to do their job without cooperating with uh, Russia. And then we have no way to prevent Russia from uh, enabling the Chinese actors to go to the Arctic and put more pressure on, on the environment. So from an environmental perspective, and the, the mix of climate change effects and uh, the current geopolitical tensions, it's a catastrophe. But now in terms of uh, just defense and security, the Arctic is uh, going to be more and more important for the UK defense and security and the West in, in, in general. There's the risk of gray zone warfare there uh, and uh, the north of Scotland, the waters north of Scotland, there's a lot of uh, undersea cables. Uh, there's been uh, Russian naval activities. It's also a transit route uh, for Russian submarines to go to the uh, Atlantic. From the perspective of Russia, it's their bastion, the Arctic. It's where they, they want their uh, nuclear submarines, strategic submarines to be to, to be safe. So they, they, they will put an emphasis on the defense of the Arctic for their own strategic purposes. So we are really back to those considerations, which are not new. It's what I studied when I studied the Cold War naval situation in, in, in the high north. And now we are moving back to those type of, of, of mechanisms uh, and, and reflection. Plus, we have climate change, environmental degradation, and the undersea cables. So the situation over there in the high north is not looking good. It's all very murky. And you can be sure that sea power, everything maritime will, will, will play an important role. It's interesting to look at history when there's been a change in global leadership. 
and sea power has played a role. There's usually been a big global war. You can think of the change of leadership in 1815 or uh, and then in 1945. The question is, can we imagine a change of global leadership with a peaceful transition? There's been academic discussion on that. The thing is that now, because of the Russian war, it seems it's not going in, in that direction. So that's why it's not just about maritime economic power. It's not just about the effects of climate change. It's also about us in the West having to develop the uh, and maintain those naval uh, capabilities, because that's going to play a role at some point. If you think of the Cold War and the reason why the, the, the West won the Cold War, there are plenty of... Uh, academic books on that and it's difficult to summarize but one of the reasons put forward has been uh, the ability of the West to do better with uh, economy and technology and thus the impossibility for the Soviet Union to, to continue with the arms race because they were lagging behind more and more. And so obviously technology, knowledge, um, the powerful economy, it's all very, uh, very important in the context of, of climate change and those inequalities. It's also political. So the war in Ukraine, the, the blockade of Ukraine demonstrated the importance of, of diplomacy and propaganda. So if there is going to be a long-term confrontation such as a new Cold War, that's what we need to, 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 to improve, uh, to, to, to be able to rally the Global South, to demonstrate that what we propose is better, not just because it's morally better, but also because uh, it, it's going to be better for everyone. And to, to be able to demonstrate that, we, we need to make sure that we help the Global South enough. And that's why foreign aid and um, an assistance in terms of dealing with the uh, impact of climate change is very important. But not just that, also admitting that we have produced more CO2 and being okay to do perhaps some more concessions now. Uh, that's very difficult from a realist perspective because it's we, we think short term. But if we don't do that and we do not manage to rally the global south, if there is this long-term global geostrategic competition, then those uh, agents of authoritarianism, China in particular, and now even Russia, will be able to, in a sense, win some sort of diplomatic battles. And that's what we have to, uh, to avoid at all costs. Because in the long term, that's going to be crucial. The cyber briefing. I think my my role and also my motivation for being involved in those transdisciplinary uh, projects at university level, it's to, 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 to help um, bringing the social science uh, dimension to, uh, to the solutions we, uh, we devise. Not just thinking in terms of security by design, but to, to understand that uh, both the threats we are trying to tackle and the solutions we provide, they are embedded within uh, legal, political, societal and also ethical context. And that's what the social scientists from the Department of Politics, Philosophy and Religion, from the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences, more broadly speaking, that's what we can bring to, to, to the Lancaster Initiative uh, on Security and Defense. And it's really something I'm, I'm proud to be to be part of. I'm also very happy with the, the strategy adopted at the highest level of the university. 
because this understanding of the importance of transdisciplinary security research is really something that will help uh, putting Lancaster at the top of uh, security and protection uh, research. The sea is all around us, so that's not always easy to, to, to understand because we are landlubbers. I, I talked about sea blindness and the difficulty for people living on land and thus for all the decision makers to, to, to grasp the importance of, of the sea. We can also relate that to outer space because that's another of those spaces that are considered as being some sort of a void there. but which we do not really understand. And uh, that's going to be the next big thing, the competition uh, in outer space. So that's also something I hope uh, at Lancaster we can address in the future uh, and uh, help addressing all uh, the, the potential threats originating in the, the future competition in, in outer space and competition which is linked to, to, to very different and interstate consideration but we also have to understand the importance of the private sector and again that's something which is very similar to what's happening at sea i mentioned before the importance of the shipping companies which are playing their role by stopping operation to and from russia in space there are private actors and those private actors they they, they play a very important role in, in terms of space exploration and exploitation but obviously also in terms of defense and, and, and security. So, so that's really going to be the next big thing. The Cyber Briefing, a podcast from Lancaster University's Security and Protection Science.